of your mind. There is no way that LeBron will ever be Jordan. Nobody will ever be Jordan, okay? Okay, LeBron's a better rebounder and passer. Will you let me finish? Can you, can you let me finish? Call me when LeBron has six championships. Is that your only argument? It's the only argument I need, Sean! Hello and welcome to another episode of the Technical Talk Podcast. Before we get this episode underway, I'd just like to wish you and your families a very, very, very happy new year, and I hope your 2023 is amazing. Today's recap came at the Paycom Center, where the Washington Wizards visited the Oklahoma City Thunder. Last game for Washington saw their five-game win streak snapped against Milwaukee in a 123-113 defeat. The last game for Oklahoma City saw them lose 126-115 against Orlando. Washington's record was 17-22 coming into last night, good for 11th in the East. Oklahoma City's record was 16-22, good for 13th in the the West. The starting five for the Wizards, Monte Morris, Corey Kispert, Kyle Kuzma, Kristaps Porzingis, Daniel Gafford, as Bradley Beal is still out with a hamstring injury. For Oklahoma City, it was Shea Gilders Alexander, Lou Dort, Jalen Williams, Mike Muscala, and Josh Giddy. Coming in this game, when I was doing my research prior to it, the pace numbers really stuck out to me. If you don't know what pace is, pace is the number of possessions that a team uses per game. Oklahoma City is ranked third in the NBA in pace at 102.5 average possessions a game. Washington is ranked 18th in the NBA with an average possession count of 99.5. So right away from those numbers, I could tell that Washington was going to be in a bind if they could not find a way to slow down a very fast Oklahoma City Thunder team. And I was right. Oklahoma City pushed the ball down the floor and forced the Wizards to match in fast break sets, and they just couldn't do it. It felt like the whole game, Oklahoma City would just push and push and push, and there'd be three Wizards players for four Thunder players. And it was like that all game. The three-point percentage in the attempts for Oklahoma City also stuck out early. If we look at the shot charts from three, the first quarter shows Washington went one of five for 20% compared to five of nine for 55% for the Thunder. Right there, the advantage in that is those four threes. Those four threes are 12 points compared to just three points. The Wizards, literally, their offense was abysmal. There was no ball movement. The ball would get stuck multiple times at the top of the key. It would get dribbled, there would be a pick, and then after that, it was either passed down to the big man, who would be double teamed, and the shot would be blocked, or it was kick out and have the ball intercepted. Because the Thunder play passing lanes very, very well. They're one of the best teams in the NBA edit, as subsequently, they're one of the longest teams in the NBA. Um, Really, there was nothing good going for them. If we look at the stats for... Oklahoma City and Washington, some of the keys. I mean, the assist numbers. Oklahoma City had 31 assists last night compared to Washington, 16. Fast break points. Oklahoma City, 16. Washington, 6. Points off turnovers. Oklahoma City, 32. Washington, 9. Three-point percentage for the game. Oklahoma City went 17-37 to for 45.9%. Washington was 7-24 to for 
the Wizards just were awful last night. And the only reason that this game was competitive at points was because the Thunder would miss shots just sporadically. And the Wizards would somehow get lucky on an offensive drive, no foul situation, and just get right back down on defense and blow it again. So any positive impact it felt like last night for Washington was negated by Oklahoma City almost immediately. But let's talk Kyle Kuzma. He was the only life for the Wizards tonight from a scoring team from a team standpoint and scoring standpoint, excuse me. He contributed 23 points, 5 rebounds and 7 assists. The reason that I'm highlighting Kyle Kuzma is because as the trade deadline looms, he might be in the conversation of being a team away that's a contender. A team away. And as we start to hear about more and more guys possibly being shipped to contenders so that, let's be honest, okay. <laughs> the worst five teams in the NBA are going to start selling off players. It happens every year. But this year is important because of Victor Wembanyama. And that's all I'm going to say right now. But Kyle Kuzma could be a very interesting trade piece because I think that he could help a contender get over that hump. So Kyle Kuzma is currently on a $13 million base salary for this year, and he has a $13 million player option for next season. As the Wizards, I don't want Kyle Kuzma to leave for nothing. Because that doesn't help me. When I could easily get something back in return to help me start over again. Because I don't think that... I think the Wizards have been stuck in this purgatory of... They have the superstar in Bradley Beal. But the team around Bradley Beal will never be enough for him to ultimately reach his goal. I I, I don't see a team... I don't see a way that they could add someone through a trade... That would help push them. That could perform better than Kyle Kuzma. I I honestly don't. So they're in a position from a competitiveness standpoint. That is unique. But there's also another facet that's going to play into where Kyle Kuzma lands. And who they ultimately trade him for. And what they ultimately trade him for. Because he's seeking... $20 million a year in either a big market or with a solid contender. Both of those things probably can't happen at the same time. So let's play big market. That's the one that I would do. It was reported by Brian Windhorst, a breacher report a few months ago in November, that there was interest from various teams starting to trickle in to Washington about Kyle Kuzma. And... Playing with the ESPN trade machine, excuse me, the Kings would be a perfect fit. The Kings would receive Kyle Kuzma and Rui Hachimura, while the Wizards would receive Harrison Barnes and Davion Mitchell. The Kings currently set at 20 and 17. They're fifth in the West. They're competitive. I'm going to tell you why, because they're ahead of the likes of teams like Phoenix, Golden State, and Portland. Washington, on the other hand, is in the 12th spot at 17 and 23. They're chasing a playing spot. Do they really want to chase that playing spot and get a mid-first-round pick when they could trade a couple of these guys away, tank the hell out of the season, 
and go get Victor Wembanyama possibly. Because as the better you are, when those balls are spinning, the less of a percentage of that number one pick you have. It's interesting. Trade deadline, February 9th. That's going to be a good episode. Next games, Oklahoma City, Sunday against Dallas. Washington, Monday against New Orleans. Let's swing you around the NBA. Pacers win last night over the Trailblazers, 108-99. Tyrese Halliburton had 15 points, 12 assists for the Pacers. Chicago was in Philly last night. Got the win against the 76ers, 126-112. The Bulls snapped a 12-game losing streak off the back of Zach Levine's 41 points and 6 assists. The Knicks beat the Raptors for the first time in Canada since 2015. This was a dogfight of a game. It was back and forth. Julius Randle put in the dagger in it for the Knicks. 112-108. He had 32 points and 11 rebounds. Moving on. Brooklyn was in New Orleans. Durant, another stellar performance. 33 points, 10 rebounds. No Zion, though. No B.I. This game was very close and competitive. Brooklyn pulled out the win 108-102. to Detroit was in San Antonio. Jakob Poto has begun his push at a San Antonio on the buyout market as he put in 11 points and 16 rebounds of work as the Spurs beat the Pistons 121-109. The Clippers visited Minnesota. No Kawhi, no PG. Rudy Gobert flashed the reason that he was worth that trade haul. 25 points, 21 rebounds. Clippers lose 115-128. Next game, take you to Denver. Jokic. My vote for MVP. If I had a vote, I don't have a vote. Maybe one day I'll have a vote, though. I'll keep you updated. (laughs) But anyway, undoubted MVP. Another stellar performance. Triple-double. 28 points, 15 rebounds, 10 assists. No Donovan Mitchell for the Cavs last night, though. And they paid for it. Nuggets win. 121-108. Down in Phoenix, we had a duel in the Valley. The Heat were down double digits for what felt like an eternity during this game. But Victor Oladipo rose from the ashes. That was the Miami offense for a majority of the game last night. 26 points. 104-96 win for the Heat. Then we'll take you. The King continued his race to 38,387 in the all-time NBA points record as the Lakers handled the struggling Hawks team. And I mean handled the whole game. 130 to 114. Thomas Bryant and LeBron both had double-doubles. The Lakers were showing some promise without AD, which is crazy. With his 25 last night, LeBron is 459 points away from being the leading scorer in NBA history. A mark that I personally do not believe will ever be touched again. With his current career average of 27.2, just a quick update on where he is. LeBron will probably break it either February 4th against the Pelicans or February 7th against the Thunder if he scores 27 points a game. But you might have noticed that we missed a game if you checked in on the NBA schedule last night. One of the most historic things happened last night in NFL history. Not NFL, excuse me, wrong league, sorry. Chiefs and the Raiders are on my TV right now. It's easy to get distracted. <laughs> I apologize. <laughs> the Hornets beat the Bucks 138-109. to 
in Milwaukee last night. The reason that this was history, not what, not the margin of victory, not Terry Rozier's 38 points. The Hornets put up 51 points in the first quarter. Giannis did play. This is a fantastic moment for some statistical shooting analysis. Looking at the shot chart for the first quarter, the Hornets went 20 of 29 from the floor, which is good enough for 60%. The NBA average hangs somewhere in the mid-30s to high 40s most nights. They outshot the league average from every position on the court except the left three-point corner. The zone breakdowns compared to NBA average, what they did to them last night. Inside of five feet, the Hornets 6 of 6 in the first quarter, 100%. League average, 66.4. Five to 10 foot shots, Hornets. Five of six, eighty-three point three percent. League average is forty-three point five. Free throw to free throw line extended area. Hornets last night, two for three in the first quarter, sixty-six point seven percent. The league average is forty-one point three percent. The right three-point corner. Hornets last night, two of four, fifty percent. League average thirty-nine point one percent. And from straightaway three, top of the key, whatever you want to call it, four of seven in the first quarter, fifty-seven percent. The league average is 35.1%. Key players in that first quarter onslaught? Jalen McDaniels. In 12 minutes, he played the whole first quarter. 2 or 3 from the field, 7 points. Terry Rozier went 7 from 11 from the field, 3 for 6 on 3, and had a massive 17-point first quarter. They had 14 assists. The NBA average is 6. 6 like 6.4 or 6.5, depending on how you calculate it and what sources you use. Man, way to play efficient basketball, Charlotte. I'm proud. I know it doesn't matter, but I'm proud. <laughs> now let's get on to the historical highlight. And the question today is, who holds the record for the most consecutive games one in a row in NBA history? I'll give you a second to think about it. All right, if you used that second that I just gave you, that didn't involve a, a Google search, you probably would have guessed the team out west. The correct answer to this question is the Los Angeles Lakers. On January 7th, 1972, the Lakers beat the Hawks. <laughs> That's ironic since they played last night. 134-90 to 90 for their 33rd straight win, an NBA record that still stands today. All right, before we get out of here, we're going to go over the NBA league leaders. Points per game. Luka Doncic still leads the league, 34 points per game. Second is Joel Embiid, 33.5 points per game. And Giannis rounds out the top three at 32 points per game. Assists per game of numbers. Tyrese Halliburton leads the league at 10.2. Trey Young at 9.9. And Jokic at 9.5. And rebounds a game. Demonis Sabonis, 12.4 a game. Rudy Gobert right at 12. And Giannis at 11. Hey everyone, I hope you guys enjoyed the latest iteration of the Technical Talk podcast. I just wanted to take a second out and ask you to continue to keep DeMar Hamlin in your thoughts and prayers, as we all are here at Technical Talk. And last but not least, enjoy. <laughs>